Welcome back to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag hostess, Evil, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. Well, happy President's Day. Ugh, it feels like I just did a podcast yesterday. That is so weird. <laughs> well, I did make myself a little New Year's resolution. Mm, no, not a resolution. More of a personal goal. To do more podcasts this year, obviously. But also to make them coincide with holidays... And of course, being me, I missed the very first holiday, New Year's. But oh well, I did do Valentine's Day, which obviously you all listened to and loved and rated and subscribed to and told all your friends about. <laughs> now, funnily enough, President's Day was the day after Valentine's Day, so one right after the other. Lucky you. So, so far, I am, you know, two out of three holidays for the year. That's not bad. Speaking of not bad, let's get into tonight's main feature. Enjoy. Tonight's movie is The Tripper from 2006. Now this movie I had never seen of. Never seen of. <laughs> never seen, never heard of. But since I was looking up President's Day horror movies to do a while back, and this one popped up, I read the reviews and I looked at who's in it, and it piqued my interest. But it wasn't streaming anywhere. So I actually had to buy a copy, which I'm super glad I did, because this movie that I've never heard anything about anywhere is actually a really good horror movie. It's a great premise, good acting, good special effects, good music. So yeah, let's get into The Tripper from 2006. Now this one is a Coquette production, and that is a Courtney Cox, David Arquette production, because they have a production studio together. Are they even still married? I don't even know. I didn't look it up. I don't care. <laughs> so the movie opens with tense music and a quote on the screen. A hippie is someone who looks like Tarzan, walks like Jane, and smells like Cheetah. Who said it? None other than the repulsive, repellent Republican Ronald Reagan. Of course, also, the whole time, it's zooming out on a jelly bean constructed picture of old Ronnie. And then there's a bunch of footing from Vietnam, and different wars, and the hippies, and all the atrocities that happened during the Vietnam War. Then we cut to Northern California. It's 1967. A kid is sitting watching the news of all this terrible stuff happening in Vietnam. Ronnie is the governor of California at the time. The little boy's mom is sick in bed and his father's trying to help her. The phone won't stop ringing. Oh, finally, the dad, the dad answers the phone and is like, fine, fine, I'll be there, I'll be there, I'm coming. Takes the kid and they leave. And they leave the sick mom just, you know, in her sick bed or whatever. They head up to this forest area where all these people around a tree protesting the cutting down of the forest. So the protesters and Dylan, the father and husband, who is also the head lumberjack or whatever, get into a little word match. You know why we follow these trees? To build houses. Houses for families. I don't give a damn about you or your families. Look, my wife is sick. She needs medication. And if she doesn't get it, she's going to die. And you're making it impossible for a man to do an honest day's work. If your wife has to die to save these trees, so be it. You! Who's gonna save you?! And the protester hits Dylan, and his son Gus, the little boy, sees it. And as they're putting Dylan, the father, in the police car, you then see the protesters, and then you hear the chainsaw, and you see the little boy just go crazy, and chainsaw the protester almost in half. It was an amazing first kill. The special effects were really good. And it was super funny. This little kid just flips out and, you know, chainsaws this dude for hitting his dad in the head. Then we get the title sequence of The Tripper. 
At the title sequence, we cut to a group of quote-unquote hippies in a van. They're not really hippies because, I mean, they've got flip phones, so it's current day-ish. I mean, flip phones are not current, but whatever. <laughs> but they're going to a music festival, kind of like to create a new Woodstock kind of idea. So they're all in the van, living out their summer of love fantasy. And they're all like, oh, stop, I got to take a bio break, which means I need to pee on the side of the road. So the girl runs out into the forest and she's peeing. And one of the boys is peeing by a tree, literally on the side of the road. He didn't even go off the road a bit. All of a sudden, this truck drives by and when the truck drives by, they throw a bottle and it hits the guy in the head and just knocks him out. He wakes up with all his friends around him. There are six people in this van, by the way. Three girls, three guys. And so they're like, oh, he's got a big gash on his head. So then they show this scene of them sewing it up after disinfecting the needle over a lighter. I'm like, yeah, that's that's not going to get infected. And it's, again, the effects are really good. It's like very gory, and but not gross. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, anyway, so they sew him up. And then there's this little exchange about uh, the pot farmers in the area, and you better not let them catch you in the forest. Who the fuck were those guys? I don't know, but we gotta be careful out here, man. Pot farmers catch us in their shit, they'll chop our balls off and use them as fertilizer for their crops. Sounds like the perfect spot for an outdoor music festival. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Jesus Christ, Samantha, fuck! Next stop, they all stop at a gas station where we see Samantha, our main girl, who's a little bit weird and tweaky and a kind of frightened of everything, but you get her backstory. Once, while she was tripping on X and acid with her friend, her super-possessive, uber-Republican ex, Jimmy, finds her, flips out, and while she's on this trip, his face flashes as like an inner demon and his voice gets all deep and scary. And it just freaks her out and completely messes her up for a long time. Like, still, she's still messed up. And to add salt to the wound, he still won't stop calling her because he's super possessive, obsessed, super crazy. Stalker. Now, while the other people are waiting for Samantha outside the gas station, they have this random talk about Reagan and Reagan from The Exorcist and how they're not the same person. Jodie Foster was great in that. Jodie Foster wasn't in that. Linda Blair was in The Exorcist. Yeah, The Exorcist with the priest. And the possessed demon was Reagan. Yeah, but it wasn't President Reagan. I can see how you get it confused. <laughs> hey, beer! It has to last. Hey, where's Sam? Then the rednecks from earlier pull up at the gas station. Then there's a little scuffle. One of the rednecks, the one played by David Arkell himself, gets flipped over by this big guy who works at the gas station, who's kind of mentally challenged, and he flips him over, and David Arquette's bone is sticking out of his arm, which, again, great effect. And then they leave the gas station. No repercussions there. But the mentally challenged guy that works at the gas station finds Samantha's phone, and Jimmy keeps calling it, and he answers. So a little bit of foreshadowing there. Now we get our first look at the festival. And who do we see? Of course, the concert promoter, played by whom? Paul Rubens himself, who everybody knows as Pee Wee Herman. Uh, he's the promoter for this free love festival in the forest. And he's a complete douche waffle who doesn't care about anything but money, clearly. Gentlemen, there's a saying. Rome wasn't built in a day. I got a little saying of my own. Fuck Rome. This is America! Do whatever we please. Some of you look a little worried, don't be. We'll be out of here first thing Monday, and your precious little forest won't be any the worse for wear. Well, Mr. Baker, yours is certainly an impressive enterprise. Please call me Frank. And then we get introduced to the sheriff of the town, and OMG, he is fucking hot. 
Oh, just imagine your 70s Leatherman fantasy and your 70s cop fantasy combined with a handlebar mustache. And this is the sheriff of the town, played by the actor Thomas Jane, who is again super fucking sexy. Oh my god. Oh. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, right, right, right. Then we see the mayor and the sheriff have words because the mayor, again, is only looking to make money for the town while the sheriff is worried about, you know, the safety of people. Weird, huh? Cut to the van of hippie wannabes arriving at the Free Love Festival. Welcome to Free Love Festival, where America's best and brightest come to celebrate. Yes, we do draws, lots of fucking draws. Yes! Speaking of which, we have both the speed, we got a decent amount of purple hydro about it. And we got some of these pills Jay took from her mom's pocketbook. Yeah! Here in the back, and uh, what do we got up there? Looks like about a half a sheet of acid left. That's it? You don't think that's enough? Well, you see, Samantha, we are professional drug takers. Yeah, don't try this at all. All of a sudden, a tree falls right in front of the van, and they almost die. The sheriff comes over and finds that it's Dylan, the crazy old man from the beginning of the movie. He's chopping down this tree. He says it's because it's infested with beetles, and the town told him he needed to do it. And the cop was like, you picked a perfect day to do it since all these people are coming in right now. So he flips out, has some choice words to say to the hippies. Dude, there's a fucking tree in the road. Get out of here! You're not wanted here. This is the last time I'm going to warn you, commie pinko bastards. <laughs> Joey, don't go near him. Nah, that's the paper towel lumberjack guy. Hold it, hold it, hold it right there, Dylan Riggs. Jesus. Holding on, Roger that. Step back, please, please. This maniac just tried to kill us. Dylan, what in the hell's your problem, man? You could have crushed these kids. No problem. You and these rainbows. This ain't their goddamn forest, Scott. Damn it. It's not your forest either. You know, I could haul your ass in for felling this tree, you crazy SOB. Yeah, well, this tree was tagged by the power company on account of it's infested with beetles. Oh. And I am subcontracted to take it out. Funny, you picked today to do it, huh? Get this tree out of here. Clear it before I remove you. All right. First of all, is anybody hurt? We're fine, but you're just going to let him go? What kind of backwards fucking town is this, man? This is my town, son, okay? I'd appreciate it if it were treated with a little more respect from those that live here and those that are just passing through. So they drive off, and we get some male nudity. And I don't mean just some man ass. We get full frontal and ass and everything. There is this ginger and this woman just walking through this festival completely head-to-toe naked. Nothing. No shoes. Nothing. Just walking around. And she's like, mm, I'm gonna go sleep. And he says, I'm gonna go pick some mushrooms. And then he just walks off into the forest. He sees this rabbit and starts following the rabbit. How very Alice naked land. And then all of a sudden he steps into a snare trap and is dragged away. Oh well, I'm sure he'll be fine. <laughs> Cut to our main group of hippies. They're out in the woods at this entrance of a cave or a tunnel or something. And then this old man comes by and says, you better be careful in these woods. Yeah, you could say that. But you better be careful if you go out in these woods. You never know what you're going to find. Well, you mean like Bigfoot? No, he's not dangerous. <laughs> it's the traps that we grow is set. What you better watch out for. I told you, motherfuckers. You know, all this. <laughs> it's true. People disappear all the time out here. What do you mean? Why? Because of the weed. Locals don't like anyone fucking with their stash. <laughs> 
Then there's another scuffle with the rednecks. Ugh. Then we get our first, technically second, kill. A dog runs in and snatches the old man's bag, and while the old man's back is turned, looking at the dog, a man in a suit with an axe walks up behind him and just chops his head off, and his head goes rolling down into the cave. <laughs> it was a great shot, great effect. Okay, now it's the next morning, and Samantha, our main girl, is having a panic attack, thinking she sees her ex outside, she sees a cigarette on the ground, she's like, oh my god, that's his. So she's freaking out, so she goes to find the police. She finds the policeman, and the hippie girl from yesterday is like, I haven't seen my boyfriend since last night. Where is he? And then there's this whole interlude. He said he'd come right back. How long has he been gone? Since yesterday, excuse me. Three. Hold on. Well, if he's still missing, by the time the show's over, I'll send someone out to look for him. My boyfriend's lost in the woods, and he won't even do anything. Calm down. Maybe if you told me what kind of drugs he was on. She's <laughs> What did she call me? Why would you help her? She thinks that he's lost out there. I don't care. She thinks Mickey Mouse is a goddamn kitty cat. Not going out in the woods hunting for some hippie who got lost picking flowers. He's probably in one of these tents somewhere banging some other big bush girl eating frogs. Sadly, they then find the poor naked hippie hanging by his feet with his intestines hanging out. I mean, haven't we all been there? <laughs> but again, the effects in this movie are actually really good. I'm sure there are movies that had much bigger budgets that had worse effects, so kudos to them. This is also the part where we see the cop kneel down next to the body and he finds a black jelly bean. Random, I know. But if you know, you know. <laughs> so the festival is starting. There's this whole drugged out scene with a guy looking for a beer and a girl passing around a nitrous balloon. So then there's this whole sequence of everybody's just out of it on drugs and ecstasy and nitrous and all this just random stuff. Cut to Buzz, the sexy sheriff, that's his name. He goes out to see Dylan, the lumberjack, to ask him to show him where all these traps are that he set in the forest. Because we know you set the traps, one person is dead, it could have been a bear, it could have been a mountain lion, but because he was strung up, that's probably why it got to him. I don't think you understand, Buzz. I don't hate him because they came here for some goddamn concert. No, I hate him because they ruined my life. They made it so people think that a goddamn tree is more important than a human being. They took my wife. They took my boy. I understand that. It's just I got a dead body on my hands and I don't need another one. Well, I didn't kill anybody. Oh, I'm not saying you did. And he also sees a really big bowl of jelly beans in Dylan's house. So I think the sheriff is slowly figuring it out. Slowly. He's hot, but, you know. Back to the forest, where Linda and Joey, two of our van hippies, are running around in the woods, chasing after each other, both high as a kite. They run into private property area. You just see the little scary sign that says so. Then all of a sudden you see Joey, and he's like, oh my god, we found it. We found the big old pot farm. Then there's this weird part where Joey and Linda sit down on this big tree root, and Linda starts giving Joey a blowjob. Sadly, you don't get to see it. But then you just see these guns slowly come out of the forest and start shooting them. Luckily, it's just the redneck asshole shooting them with paintballs. And unluckily for everyone else, our killer is there too. So as the rednecks are chasing Joey and Linda, they all separate. The first redneck, poor David Arquette, gets his neck snapped by our suited up killer. Then Joey and one of the other rednecks are bowling around on the ground arguing. 
And all of a sudden you see this X come down and it just chops Joey's arm off. And he lifts it up and there's blood spurting out. And he's like, dude, what are you doing? Then he proceeds to kill them. Then the final redneck and the one who's chasing Linda steps in a bear trap. And then Mr. Suited Up Killer comes out and starts stabbing him and stabbing him and stabbing him with a knife. And then he just pulls out handfuls of intestines and throws them on the ground. It's actually a really funny scene for being so, you know, gory. But then he goes after Linda and she's running. He just throws a knife straight into her back. She goes down and then he's stabbing her, stabbing her, stabbing her. And then you get to see who the killer is. Bum ba da It's Ronald Reagan. Well, it's a man in a suit and a Ronald Reagan mask. A very good Ronald Reagan mask. That's very form-fitting to his face, not like a Halloween store Reagan mask. And also his dog, named Nancy, hilarious, because that was Ronald Reagan's wife's name, if you didn't know. Cut to all the people filing into this festival, in a line, in the nicest, neatest line I've ever seen at a festival. Not that I go to a lot of festivals, but you know what I mean. Anyway, something drips on Samantha's head. Of course it's Samantha's head. Whatever. And they look up, and there's a body hanging with no head right over the line that no one has seen this entire time. Because apparently nobody looks up. Anyway, everybody screams. The hot cop yells at everybody, get behind him to go back out and leave, and everybody in front of him to go forward. He's calling his deputy, bring a body bag, and then there's a shot where they put the guy's head, and it's the old man from the cave or whatever, and his head is just stuffed in the tree. So the sheriff's like, party's over, everybody out of here, there's murderer, everybody get out. Uh, people leave, but a lot of people don't, because he's just one person, and no one is telling all the people in this still in the festival area. So now it's nighttime, and all the people that were already in the festival area, I guess, are by the stage, tiny little stage for a huge festival. There's a music group performing and lights, and the cop finally comes onto the stage and says, shut it down, you've got to get out of here, you know, there's a killer, and they're all like, boo. Then he keeps yelling at the girls with no tops on, put your shirts on. But, and I'm sure by now they would have called backup, but still, he's like the only one there. I don't know. Then there's a scene where the mayor is in his office talking to the concert promoter, Paul Rubens. And Paul Rubens keeps saying, fuck you, while covering the phone. And the mayor's like, we have a contract. And then all of a sudden from behind, the mayor is grabbed through his plate glass window and the killer just pulls him through. And Paul Rubens on the phone, he's just like, well, yeah, I guess you're busy. I'll talk to you later. Bye. It's a very funny scene. So because Samantha had such a bad history with drugs, she doesn't do drugs anymore. So she's, but she's still a little tweaky and weird. But she's the only one now not on drugs. Her boyfriend's on drugs. All of her friends are on drugs. And now all these people are dying. And she wants to find everybody and go home. <sighs> they were just like, don't worry. It's fine. We can't find the other two people. We can't leave them here. So just don't worry about it. While she's walking around trying to find her friends, she sees her ex's car. And she knows it's her ex's car because it's a big black SUV with a license plate that says Red States. But it doesn't just say Red States. It says Red S-T-8-S. What a douche. <laughs> the cops, all two of them, go to the lumberjack's house because they think he's the killer. They go around to the guy's garage where they see him cutting up bodies with a giant saw. He shoots the deputy and runs yelling, you'll never take my boy, you'll never take my boy. Hmm, clues. Samantha returns to the van to find two of her friends dead and her boyfriend missing. Then she sees her boyfriend and then she sees her ex with a gun pointed at her boyfriend. He's saying, how could you leave me for this? He's terrible. Look at me. A lot. I'm so much better. She's like, you're a monster. Why would you kill somebody? And he's like, what do you mean, why would I kill somebody? And what makes you think I could kill somebody? Piece of shit! You're fucking crazy, Daddy! How could you kill my friends? 
monster! What? What are you talking about? I didn't, I didn't touch your friend! He killed Jack and Jane. I didn't fucking kill anybody. What makes you think I can kill somebody? Because you have a gun! Hey, what can I say? I'm a big fan of Charlton Heston. Then here's Ronnie, coming out of the shadows, and goes to Hatchet Jimmy, the crazy ex. And the only thing he can think to say is, but I'm a Republican. <laughs> and then Ronnie axes him to death. And when he's dead, then he kills Samantha's boyfriend while she runs away. Cut back to the sheriff chasing the lumberjack through the woods. And Dylan, the lumberjack, falls in one of his booby traps, a pit full of punji sticks, and is totes dead. Cut back to the woods. There's this huge hippie drum circle with torches and people dancing. Everybody's high as a kite. And Samantha runs into this circle screaming, you know, her friends have been killed. Uh, and all of a sudden this guy just squirts something in her mouth with a water gun. And she's like, what was that? And he goes, oh, that was acid. Don't worry about it. So now she's high. I mean, immediately. It affects her instantly. I mean, I've never done acid, so I have no idea how quickly it hits you. But I think it should take like a minute, maybe. I don't know. But it affects her instantly. And then she starts going on this trip. And there's like this whole drug, adult, trippy, acid montage thing. And then one of the best scenes in the whole movie starts. Ronnie comes into this hippie circle and just starts axing people left and right. He chops off this one guy's leg. He's just axing people in the face and the chest. He stops to shake this guy's hand and then he axes him to death. And he's just going and then people start screaming and running finally. They get it. Oh my God, something's wrong. Cut back to the sheriff at Dylan's house and he finds the killer's shed covered in Ronald Reagan clippings and weapons. They do a little flashback montage of when Reagan released asylum patients in California because he shut down all the state run hospitals and they just put the patients out on the streets which spoiler that boy that chainsaw the guy at the beginning was in one of those hospitals he was one of those people that he just let back out on the street and apparently this boy was obsessed with reagan and so that's who he became and now he's killing everyone this is a man i know and gus riggs is our man Dylan's kid. Looks like Reagan released him and about a thousand other maniacs. So lucky for us, he's back. What do you think he's after? Hippies. Oh, also the mayor was still alive and in the shed, but only for a minute because Ronnie's dogs, Nancy and Poindexter, attack and kill the mayor. There's also this scene where a pig is in a cage and its name's George W. Very striking imagery. <laughs> then we cut back to Paul Rubens. And he's running from the killer. And he decides to hide in one of the porta potties. And he can hear the killer coming down the row of porta potties, opening and closing the doors, opening and closing the doors. So what does he do? He hides in in the porta potty. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, if I had a choice between being axed by a murderer or going inside of a used all day, used at a festival by a bunch of drug addled hippies, and it's like full and super dirty, and the end of the day full and dirty and gross and he just climbs in there i'd rather be murdered by ronald reagan honestly than jump down into piles of shit and piss and whatever else was in that porta potty <laughs> oh my god 
it's a gross scene. I mean, it's funny and well done, but it is super gross. And the funny thing is, Ronnie gets distracted and never even opens the guy's door. So he did all that for nothing. Ugh, <laughs> oh, kill me first. Blech. Okay, back to... Now it's our final girl, Samantha. Running from Ronnie, the sheriff shows up just in time to shoot Ronnie slash Gus, because we know who he is now. But clearly, obviously, he's not dead. He pops back up. So he and the sheriff are tussling. Ronnie gets the advantage. And right when he's about to axe the sheriff, Samantha comes at him with a hammer and starts beating him in the head. She finally put him down for good. And then she is really flipping out. By By this time, she is completely nuts. I mean, if she wasn't crazy before all this, she is now. The sheriff takes off the Reagan mask and its head is like half caved in and he looks pretty dead. Cut to the next morning. No way. You thought it was over, but it's not. We get to see Paul Rubens coming out of the porta potty completely covered, head to toe, in shit. And it is so gross. And he runs off into the woods. Then you get uh, a shot of the deputy, deputy telling the sheriff that they didn't find Gus's body only the Ronald Reagan mask in the field. Are you okay? Ever heard of the trickle-down effect, Cooper? I don't know. It's when one big asshole goes crazy, the whole world goes shit. Hang on. You okay? Cut back to Paul Rubens running through the woods, and he thinks he's getting away. And there's Ronnie with a chainsaw, and he cuts him in half. <laughs> what a great way to end the movie, same way you began it. Also, another great effect. And that is the end. Well, that was the tripper from 2006 for this Reflections of Darkness President's Day presentation. All in all, the movie was really good. It was a great idea, well executed, funny but not cheesy, good acting. And the special effects were great. I give this movie 8.5 out of 10 hot leather daddy cops. (laughs) Remember, you can find all my information over at evilqueensf.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. Feel free to send me any questions, comments, concerns, movie recommendations, whatever. I take it all. (laughs) And as always, keep watching scary movies. Bye. Desperate need of discipline. I think it's a joke. Every year, four or five of you kids get killed up here. Driving yourselves into redwoods, or get paralyzed sucking on nitrous, or blow yourselves up cooking meth. You think you're invincible? Not.